All right. Does that mean we're on? It means <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> and now it's time for Steamy Potential, a podcast about great ideas for terrible TV shows. It's your hosts, Nick and Daniel. And welcome, friends, to another episode. Welcome! <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. A professional friends! friends! Where we discuss Good great energy. ideas for great TV shows. Sadly, TV shows that could never be made. For one reason or another, not usually our fault. We bring the goods, and unfortunately, the limited resources of Hollywood stand in our way. They just, and maybe the limited resources of good taste as well. They just don't have enough money. Mm. I think we need to start some kind of live aid charity concert to raise money for the yeah. for Hollywood. For, yeah, in general, for Hollywood, and especially for our TV ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's something that everyone can get around. Like, like, I mean, imagine having a a celebrity, um, you know, series of songs, kind of a, yeah, as you say, Live Aid, a kind of Bob Geldof-sponsored series of celebrity posts and, and ads that are themselves just raising money for those celebrities to keep <laughs> doing the things they love to do. To keep doing the things that they love to do and that we love to pay for them to do. Exactly. The, the people that give our lives meaning. And by meaning, I mean something to do in the nighttime. Mm. <laughs> the people that give us something to do that isn't the things that we should be doing. I want, I want every TV show to have a Michael Bay level budget. And I think it's a crime that they don't. Yeah, it is, a, it is an injustice in this world. I mean, I know we already pay Netflix subscriptions and Amazon Prime and stuff. But let's give them... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just a little bit more. Like a charitable donation. Yeah. 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 I agree. I'm on your team here, Nick. You don't need to you don't need to go too overboard sort of buying me in on the on the concept. I'm I'm sold. So don't worry. And then also, I mean, then these celebrities would be able to like obviously use it if it if it's a donation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they could like deduct their, their tax from their already. Finally. <laughs> insurmountable <laughs> finally tax breaks for the rich <laughs> i think that's actually steadily what our show should pivot towards <laughs> which is kind of encouraging liberal approaches to high wage taxation that's kind of going to be our sub subject matter i love that uh, uh, dan and i have been looking up ways to make a, a successful podcast um, thank you and we one of the one of the suggestions was like pivot basically like to <laughs> to change your premise to evolve the premise as time goes by and we yeah. are which we knew instinctively oh absolutely to be fair <laughs> we didn't need to be told that uh, we're at episode seven although none of this has been released because you know we're stockpiling True. another suggestion on how to mm -hmm. make a successful podcast is have a back catalog and craze you know you can't do a week. It's great. Uh, and we're already started pivot. <laughs> started <laughs> to a completely different field of interest. <laughs> and I doubt that the kind of Venn diagram of, you know, TV show aficionados and uh, sort of high wage earners that are interested in avoiding tax. I mean, there's probably, yeah, there's a sliver of intersection there. But um, I wonder if we can use our new knowledge of podcasting to help if we made a TV show, because I, I, so I, while you were busy looking up useful information this week, I went away and looked up a bunch of information on how TV pitches actually happen. So, like, what when you get in the room, oh. what happens? So you were, I, you were looking up ways to like improve the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that kind of like you know, boils we, down to our relationship, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> but also. We've made like seven hours of stuff about how to like pitch television shows and only now mm -hmm. has it occurred to either one of us <laughs> to, you know what, let's find out how you would pitch. Exactly. And I didn't want to know all the details. I just, again, it's kind of like the pivot. I think we need to accumulate information very slowly. Uh, and I'm glad we didn't go out and do a massive amount of research um, because hopefully that's what our listeners are doing as well. Yeah. You know, they should be 
steadily learning with her. Mm. So we're on the same team. Yeah, you don't want to over. You don't want to flood. You don't want to flood no. with too much information. That's um. That's how you kill a turtle. You know. You want to. Exactly. You want to change yeah. that water bit by bit. Yeah. Keep the pH so right. Yeah. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. And and I, I hope throughout this podcast we get more into like tropes of you know concepts and themes that just turn up again and again in television shows because they just work so well like i don't know like laugh tracks or uh theme songs different like characters that always you know have to die in the seventh episode and so like these recurring ideas seem so obvious once you've watched a bunch of shows but maybe when you're making a show it's totally subconscious what you're actually making you know i i I watched uh like a, a kind of a YouTube video that broke down The Simpsons. Oh yeah, uh, recently, and that that their kind of thing was like it was like the first Simpsons because obviously they they like they found canned laughter, hmm. they found the laugh track, and it was like whoa, <laughs> everyone's gonna have this now. And then The Simpsons was kind of like the first one in a while, the first sitcom in a while that yeah. came out didn't have a laughter track. Fuck, imagine if it had a laugh track. Wouldn't that be just... It'd just totally ruin it. But, like, and, like, the laughter track, it's it's a little bit, like, cheating because you you watch any of these, like, kind of YouTube episode uh, videos where they they take an episode of something and they remove the laugh track Mm. and all that you get is you get a bad joke followed by, like, silence and everyone kind of looks around yeah. as if they're smelling <laughs> the bad joke. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you've seen like the Big Bang Theory without laughter track, like it's, it's, it's like it's creepy. Oh, this show is, yeah. it's like, it's true trash. Like someone will say something, then someone will say something just like awkward. Yeah. And then they'll all kind of like look around each other like. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a lot more and realistic I, in that sense. <laughs> I, I like to think that that is like just the actors actually responding to yeah. the script. <laughs> These actors hate each other. <laughs> they filmed 10 seasons of Big Bang Theory and then went back and were like, we got to put some laugh track over these because <laughs> these guys hate each other. <laughs> but we got to smooth this thing out. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, just something to keep in mind as we go along. Keep, like, yeah. co- common themes, I guess, and because uh, I think that's a fun area to play in. Yeah, I think we should be learning as we go. Hmm. All of us. All, All of us. us here together. On this big journey that we go With that life. said. Yeah, teach hmm. us. Shall we uh, kick into TV show idea number one for this episode? Yes, Daddy. All right, here we go. <clears throat> TV show idea number one. Not dead. In the 1950s, famous jazz pianist Brablo Montague mm. is about to embark on his biggest <laughs> <Brad> tour. Brablo. <laughs> Sorry. I'm running out of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, is about to embark on his biggest tour of the US. Mm-hmm. Ready for retirement, his entourage and only two friends and managers have convinced him to do one last tour, mainly because his entourage, they want the money. His entourage, who have lived a life of parasites, sucking up the talent of Brablo Montague, have frittered away all the money that Brablo has ever earned. Two days before they begin the tour, Brablo has a heart attack and dies. Hmm. In two days, the entourage, Andy and James, find a cleanup who has incredible talent. But she is a Spanish woman, and in the 1950s Wasp America, that will not fly. But they're hungry for money. After embalming Brablo's body, Andy and James embark on their greatest feat, convincing America that Brablo is alive, and that a 20-something Spanish woman is a 65-year-old white dude. It's Weekend at Bernie's meets The Associate meets White Chicks, but with a dead guy. Okay, now I'm just absorbing... So when you say a cleaner, you mean... Someone who is like hides bodies, <clears throat> or you mean literally no, a cleaner, I'm like an actual cleaner? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who happens to be a very good pianist? Ah, okay. I did not did get I, that. Did I not put that? <laughs> that in was the, uh, that was not clear to I me. That I, I may have left that that crucial element <laughs> out of the pitch. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, pretty important. Any James find a cleaner who has incredible talent. It's like, oh, she's a really good cleaner, uh, but she's Spanish, so that won't work. <laughs> like, It won't work that she's Spanish or that she... <laughs> okay, I see. I see, I see. She. So they bring her in as a ringer. Uh... Yeah, as a ringer. So, Brother Montague, 
famous jazz pianist dies of a heart attack. Yeah. Right? And I, the way I see the first episode is Annie and James, his entourage, who are hungry for money, come in. They're not concerned that their friend has had a heart attack and died. Of course. Instead, they're like, live, live, you piece of shit. Yeah. Because they, you know, they want him to go on the tour so they can get <laughs> their money. Uh, and then uh, they're, they're like, what are we going to do? got no money and they find they're walking past some store and they mm-hmm. find like a cleaner mm-hmm. who well they find someone playing piano like oh that's a beautiful pianist yeah 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 and it's like this like young spanish woman mm-hmm. and like we're in we're in 50s america so there's lots of like you know prejudice and racism so it's like oof, you know they can't they got to really like hide the truth because yeah. it'll be outrageous. Like, have you seen The Associate with um, Whoopi Goldberg? No, I have not actually. Uh, Good. Basically, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's very fun. I can't I can't remember if it's like a good film or a bad film because yeah. I was I was I was young, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was a baby. Uh, but yeah, basically, she has to like she like joins a club by dressing up as like an old white guy. Ah, great. And she's like the first woman and woman of color to like. To like join this club, yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's a real yeah, good yeah. time. You know, she's like she's like the most popular person in this club after the, you know, <laughs> by the end of the film. Yeah, and then they're like, "This is outrageous." Um, anyway, so this has kind of got hints of that mm-hmm. in so much that they're like, "Okay, they're gonna have to use his body for when they do like drive-bys or when people want to meet him up close, mm-hmm. right?" Uh, but then when when the concert comes, they have to dress up this like this this beautiful young Spanish woman as this kind of old jazz white dude. Yeah. Do they... And then the TV show is there, is the tour, is the tour. Yeah, okay. And all the hilarity that ensues with, with a tour around, that... I mean, the world, basically, right? Or, I mean, the country. Well, yeah. Hmm, I think you just did. Um... <laughs> Do you think of America as the world, Dan? Uh... Well, I don't know. Are they traveling? Where are they traveling around? Oh, no, tour of the US. US. Okay, I see it. The US, yeah. <laughs> a lot of little details that I kind of... I think... Can I be really honest? It's because when you said Bradlow, the next one minute was trying to figure out why that name <laughs> feels right. And I realized it's because it feels like a combination of Barry Manilow. And I was like, yes, yes. Uh. More, more Barry Manilow. And then when I tuned in, you were kind of finished, kind of wrapping up. I was like, oh, fuck, I better quickly kind of skim the... <laughs> I better get back up to scratch here. Um, um, ba- in, in in my defense, as I was writing this out, I was like, but hang on, maybe this. And then I kept yeah. going back and reinserting different <laughs> details. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's a bit of a jumble. Good. But are we are we there now? Are we there now? I'm completely there. Barry um, Manilow and is I, about to embark on his And I think Barry Manilow it. could actually play this guy. Because he's meant, he's meant to be an older guy, right? He's meant yeah, to be yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah. kind of an old, huge songbird back in his day, singer-songwriter. Um, I think Barry Manilow would fit the bill there, presuming he is still alive. And he he is. is. He's 78. But damn, he looks 50, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. Look at that pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that pineapple, man. His body's 78, but his, his hair is 12. So <laughs> He's like... His face is collapsing into a black hole of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hungry mouth. <laughs> it's kind of very <laughs> hungry. Looks like he's constantly sucking on a very sour treat. Yes. <laughs> um, Where were we? Right. I mean, this is this is the big thing. Is like you want an actor, I guess, to play Brablo. Well, I, I guess you maybe want to reverse engineer it, right? Because. You want to create whatever this big prosthetic mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And, and then, then that's... build it and they will come. <laughs> well, so you mean like, rather than, rather... hey, Barry Manilow, we got this $100,000 wax <laughs> figure of you. You can be either in this thing <laughs> or not in this thing. Because, <laughs> baby, you look the same. <laughs> but I can't return this because it is custom. Barry, we went to the same plastic surgeon that made your <laughs> <Yeah>. face, <laughs> and he made us this face. I just ordered your face. <laughs> he's done it so many times that he's just got a mold at this point. <laughs> you could do it with his eyes closed, he said. That we can either pay you to be there, or we can fill this thing with paper. So, uh, is that what you mean? That you start and reverse engineer it, or what do you mean by that? Well, I, I just mean rather than like. 
find an actor and then try and make like a prosthetic to match them. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, really, does this person need to be in it for the entire series if they're like just unanimated? Or would it be better to like find, you know, the, the actor who will play the like 20 somethings penis? Yeah. And then see what we can make them look like, make them look like an old, uh. an old person. And then that, what they look like when we make up them, that will be the template for. <laughs> And then we find potentially Someone. an old no. person that looks like that. <laughs> or maybe she just plays the old person. Oh, I see. Start. Yeah, that's. I'm. You're really thinking this through. I like that. Thinking I mean, to be honest with it. you, like this, this isn't our job anyway. This is the. This is the. This is surely this is like the the film okay. company's job, isn't it? Let Let me throw this at you. Do you know Tig Notaro? The name brings a strong bell. Comedian. I'm basically just looking at Barry Manilow and just trying to think of <laughs> younger women that looks like him. I think Tig's going to get you pretty close. Ah, Tig Nataro. And I think yes. she could... Could she pull off a Spanish woman? Uh, and Barry Manilow? <laughs> and Barry Maybe. Manilow. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. The uh, acting uh, challenge <laughs> of your life. <laughs> a Spanish Barry I mean, Manilow. I, I had I had Aubrey Plaza kind of just scribbled down here. Oh, that's good. As 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 the but maybe Tignataro, but Aubrey Plaza does have like Spanish heritage. So oh, does she really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So it's a three three person comedy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, we know Aubrey Pla- Plaza, or should I say Plaza, if she has a Spanish heritage, and hmm. Aziz Ansari have good chemistry. Right, and have not mentioned that yet, but yes, James and Andy, the two entourage. <laughs> now I'm really skipping around. Could they be? I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't uh, look at. This is why <laughs> you don't show me the, the notes beforehand. I forget what I don't know. <laughs> you forget what's being said in your head. And what's <laughs> yeah, said. exactly. I've actually. It's. I've pretty had a pretty thorough conversation in my head about the choice of these two men. But uh, please present your choice. Uh, so the the two kind of despicable entourage mm. that don't care that their friend's dead and do anything for money. I was thinking uh, having uh, Glenn Howerton, who is from um, a dentist from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Great. And Aziz Ansari, master of one, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Uh, yes. Those two with an Aubrey. Perfect. Plaza. I think that's nice. Roaming the countryside, convincing people oh, that Brablo yeah. is still alive. <laughs> Um. Okay. Yes. Aziz Ansari. Very good. It's um. Yeah. Glenn Howerton. How how does he do? Because I I saw him in um AP Bio or whatever it was. I think he struggled a bit in that. And I wonder if he's if he's a good if he's a team player. But maybe in this you just because you kind of want James and Andy, the the fictionalized despicable men, to be somehow like in it just for themselves, but somehow still a team, right? Like they're not just dog eats dog. They have what's their relationship? Yeah, right. I guess they they handle. I mean, they've always. I guess they're best friends. Okay. And they've they've fallen into a good thing. And I think we could do like a little background story at some point through this 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 mm. sort of show how they like stumbled across Brablo, yeah, Montague, and how they managed to be thirty years younger than Brablo, but still, um, yeah but still be in uh, yeah, to, to basically become his managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're slimy. They're just, just kind of slimy or like, yeah, just selfish. And I think, I think, I mean, I've seen always Sonny, like, like Dennis, you know, Glenn Howerton has a strong ability to play that character. Perfect. Yeah. I think, and Zeus as well. I think that bounce off well off each other. Yeah. As they're trying to like slightly, but then, and, and this is where I think Aubrey Plaza will be good because. Thank you. I think like they're used to like tricking Brablo quite well, mm, right? But right? she's and she's smart as well. Like, but, but she's smart. Yeah. So like they're like trying to convince her of things, and she's not having a bar of it. Mm. And she's like, yeah, 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 I'll do this for you. But like I like I want I want evensies. I want mm. I want thirdsies. You know, I want I want in on this as well. I think the correct the correct way. Yeah. Which, which, uh, yeah, it's why I think, and I think Aubrey Plaza mm-hmm. is the right personality to pull off that kind of character. Yeah, very like cynical and skeptical. Um, I really like the idea of doing a flashback, and in terms of like practical, let's say, okay, let's say it was Barry Manilow, and you managed to get him for seven minutes. He would, he would agree it's a million dollars, but it, it, he'll give you seven minutes of his time. But 
obviously then you just have this wax replica for the rest of the show. But then you decide halfway through, oh, we want to do a flashback and we want to show him in the flashback. So you still just try and make the wax replica work in the flashback. Like you, like you always only see him watching TV and they're like... <laughs> but he looks much younger. It's like a younger wax boy. A younger wax. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, um, Tig Notaro. <laughs> Otherwise, then you bring in Tig. Uh, but no, I think... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, either way, I don't think uh, either the wax figure or uh, Barry Manilow, mm-hmm. I don't think either of them can really use facial expressions anyway. No, so. that's true. That's fine. So it's it's fine either way you do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you constantly have his face covered when he's chatting. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> they're talking over breakfast and the cereal boxes are just cutting away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you get someone else to operate the hands, kind of <laughs> exactly. Cereal box. So okay, so we got the first episode. I mean, that's kind of a given. That's basically, as you've said, the heart attack and the finding the cleaner, and maybe the the big first concert or whatever is is at the end of that episode, maybe or maybe it's cliffhanger. Yeah, it's about to go up, and she's like, "But you've never seen me play. Oh, when you saw me play that other time, that was you know, I played that one song." Every day for ten years, I don't know any other songs. They're like, quick, you better learn learn his whole back catalogue. Oh fuck! Um, yeah, maybe she can't read music or something. Mm, yeah, maybe she just plays from the heart, and that's what's been missing mm. from his music for the last like two Ooh. decades. Yeah, maybe it's like all of a sudden Brablo has all this new material, <laughs> and everyone's like, "What is Brablo's back, baby? He's back. He's fresh. Yeah, he's fresh. Brablo Montague." And I think like the culmination of the series is that. And then they get it, they get rich, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they get to a point where it's like, you know, it's now, you know, they're, they're so popular again. Mm. Like, they're weird. Like, they're like, this is the last tour. We're just going to get through these, like, whatever, 12 tour dates across America. Yeah. But then, like, people want more and more and more and they get hungry for it. And mm. they're like, well, can we, like, can we reveal? Mm. And maybe that's, that your, that's your season two. But if you reveal it, is then the tension gone? Then what's the show about? I, I think the tension is gone yeah. as soon as you reveal it. Hmm. Um, and I think the best way to string this along would be like someone finds out the secret. Yeah, then it's a and real... Um, trying to keep them under wraps. It's a real Hannah Montana situation. Hmm. <laughs> he chose... Hmm. I chose real. poorly. <laughs> yeah. I think I chose wisely. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, you let your cards, you let your cards show, but that's fine. Um, excellent. I think it's <clears> a really good show. Thanks, thanks, professional friend. Um, no worries. So, okay, so we got maybe a season, end of first season. Someone finds out, and that's like your cliffhanger. They're going to reveal it to the world. Then you get at least yep. another season out of that, and then yeah, for sure. And then I don't know. I mean, this is the this is the problem with this one is that the engine is not eternal. Hmm. And then I mean, you you could keep milking this like the fact that. In the 50s, unless you were a white man, there wasn't a whole lot of space around. So maybe like they just pick up more and more obscure minorities that are really good at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they find, we just keep finding more and more <laughs> marginalized. More repressed. Yeah. And, making, and giving them harder and harder jobs <laughs> that they have to pretend to be white men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could really like that. That might work. It may fall completely apart. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you can. This would be one of those shows where it's like, hey, remember in the first two seasons when it was just like a forty-year-old woman pretending to be a man playing the piano, and now it's like a six-year-old Asian girl pretending to be President <laughs> Biden or something. <laughs> remember, <laughs> man, those prosthetics are getting better. <laughs> She's 80% wax at this point. <laughs> Every character in this show is predominantly <laughs> wax. Huge wax budget. The wax budget's going <laughs> to be huge. Huge. Uh, well, with that, with that said, um, I'm going to give this TV show one season. I give it two. That had a real um, David and Margaret vibe for a second there. Can we get them in the oh. house? Yeah. Did you ever watch David and Margaret? Ooh. I did, yeah. At, at the, the movies? movies? Yeah, Very great. good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, hmm. maybe we can get them to sponsor Fuck. this next. Uh, can we get them on? 
Yeah. It'd be special. Well, no, we can get <laughs> no. our David and our <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> but we can't get the actual David and Margaret in line with our very strict policy of True. no celebrities no allowed celebrity. on this podcast. Yeah, no one's Unless tuning in to hear that. the name of a celebrity. If you share the name of a celebrity, you're more than welcome to come on. And in the case of a Margaret and David, we will waive the surname rule. Yeah. You just have to be obviously friends called David and Margaret. Or not even friends, just two people. I'm just trying to remember that the order of their names in the kind of the normal way to say it. Margaret. Is it not David and Margaret? Is it Margaret and David? No. At the movies, no, they're all over the shot. Margaret, David, David, Margaret. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. Hmm. We'll keep flipping, flopping. All right, I think that's the end of uh, TV show idea numero uno for this episode. Great. Should we that's take a little break? From Nick's season two. Please, please, we'll be back after these words from our sponsors. Mark, mark, mark me. Come on down to Mr. Chicken's Good Time Family Chicken Restaurant for our crazy prices. It's fun for all the whole family. Plus, all the kitties get to take a photo with me, Mr. Chicken, and eat my delicious Mr. Chicken burgers. Just don't accidentally eat me. But if you do, I won't tell. <laughs> it's a buck, 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 good time. <laughs> Mr. Chicken's good time. Family chicken restaurant. Oh, buck yeah. Welcome back from the break. Let's bring in our second round of television creativity. Excellent. Coming at your heart. Take it away. This is also a music-based um, pilot pitch called The Arrangements. In a Melbourne of 2024, the year 2024, James is... Wait, did you have a James? I did. See what I mean? Oh, Why we have to start inventing names like Brablo? Because we're running out <laughs> of names here. I have three names. <laughs> two of them are James. <laughs> um, let me change it to Grames. Great. Grames is an arranger. He orchestrates music for the big events in a person's life in the year 2024. Um... If he's lucky, he'll get a graduation or a funeral, but mostly he gets morning pump-ups for big job interviews or final high school exams. So he's an arranger. His clients wear their body cameras, as usual, and he improvises music on the fly that they can listen to in their earbuds as they go about their big event, or in his case, their morning routine. He's really meant to put some thought into the orchestration beforehand, but these days he usually pulls it out of his ass on the spot. His clients don't know him, he doesn't know his clients, and that's just fine. He's got his own stuff going on, having just broken up with his girlfriend. But he sees his old high school sweetheart is coming to town, and he thinks he might be able to get his spirits up. Plus, he's lucked out and been given a job to arrange the personal soundtrack of a wedding, which should pay that month's rent. He catches up with Sandra the sweetheart and they get on so well he's in good enough spirits to actually put in a bit of effort into writing new music for the wedding gig of course when the camera fires up at the end of episode one we know who's getting married um so firstly an arranger and this is kind of this is actually a business idea i really wanted to make real but then i figured i'm never gonna do it so why not make a tv show out of it it's i just when when you started i was like is this a tv show idea or like a pitch for a job. <laughs> it's kind of a pitch for a job. It's a business pitch. I would. I think it would actually be really fun to do this, uh, where basically someone says, you know, um, this is the kind of music I like. This is my personality. This is the job I have. I have like a half hour commute on the train, or like when I'm making my coffee and you know shaving and whatnot. So you've got to like compose an hour worth of music for me every morning live. They put their earbuds in. They fire up their little app, and then you just sit in your house on whatever instruments you got nearby and you kind of like in the Truman show, you just play whatever music fits what they're doing at the moment. So, you know, they're shaving and you play like just nice little tinkly music and then they're, you know, they leave the house and you kind of like 
beef it up and like he's walking to work and he's gonna make a good time to do and he's you kind of maybe they want it narrated maybe they don't you know i i really like i really like that idea and as as even like uh what's the what's the name of that comedian slash musician who um he like which one makes up music on the fly he's like very quick and witty and he's like uh you wait do you mean um that it's like loop tracks and yeah, electronica yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah, on? Yeah, what's his name? I can't remember his name at all. It's Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts. Yeah. Like like Reggie Watts, for example, would be just yeah. incredible oh. at doing that. Like imagine having a live session of Reggie Watts like in your earbuds. He can see you like from your phone camera or whatever, it's just in your shirt pocket, and he's just like riffing on whatever you're doing at the moment oh, imagine it would like, be so exciting it would be hilarious like imagine being on the bus like going to work and it's like like you know you run the bus and there's a freaking do staring at you like you'd be like laughing <laughs> yeah. the whole way to like mm. ah it would be so good and and to be honest yeah. with you like you almost kind of like people are already steering not well obviously this is like you're talking about someone doing live composing. But like, you know, for example, sure. like Spotify algorithms will now pick up the kind of music you want to hear in the morning. And they'll be like, this is your right. your morning mix. This is what you want to mm. hear when you're like having breakfast and blah, 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 blah. So it's already kind of... I think that's on the right track. Like it's already... This is like the final form yeah. of that. Like purely one time only. Like maybe, yeah, maybe you hear the music and it just disappears, right? It just, it's never stored. It's totally artisanal mm. and curated. That's mm. mm. very organic. That's like, like, I mean, to do that live would be, like I said, you'd need someone like a Reggie Watts, who's just a master yeah. of, of that. Yeah. Otherwise, the fun of like writing a show where like, yeah. that's a <laughs> like thing would be pretty, <laughs> like pretty great. What I, I'm not sure just yet is mm. um, what, is the show what it's about? about. Yeah, what's the like, <laughs> you know? So, okay, so I think the driver is this um, two things. Firstly, I think I think you just throw in a obviously the, the format and the fact that it's slightly futuristic, just a few years ahead. There's a, fu- a few little fun things that you can drive it with, but I guess you want his life to be kind of a shambles. You know, he's still, he's lost his girlfriend, he's got some friends. You kind of have all that stuff be kind of standard sitcom y, maybe. But we're in the context of this super weird job that's really fun and that you get to have like a bunch of music in the show every time, right? Every episode. Um, and then maybe the driver or the format is something like, you know, every episode he's got basically a new client and they're like revving up for their big road trip or their reunion with their orphaned children or like weird situations and they're like, and everyone has one of these arrangers, right? Every, like anyone that can afford one is like, oh, there's nothing better than having your own personal soundtrack for a big event. And so maybe each of the clients of that episode reflects something about, you know, say there's an orphan reunion that he's got to compose for, but and he hasn't like talked to his dad in like a year or something. And he's like, fuck, how do I write this music? And, you know, he catches up with his dad and that like gives him the creative juices to write the this moving song or like he's got to write a comedy song um yeah i think that's like i mean that's a pretty easy format to use but i think there's juice there yeah i i think that um i mean yeah like yeah I, I think it's it's got that kind of strong uh, australian kind of comedy vibe where it's it's mm. kind of most of those are just kind of about about day-to-day life but then yeah and how they they like navigate their like life falling apart and um yeah i think it should be totally bland in us in in his like day-to-day but with this sort of fantastical backdrop of what his job is like it reminds me of like kind of a, uh, the like the matt okine tv show uh i think it's the other guy maybe okay where he just plays a um yeah he plays like a uh a, like a, a radio dj which i guess he was um mm. and like his like just his his life's just kind of a bit of a wreck. <laughs> and you're just kind of watching him navigate Great. his relationships with his parents, his ex, his friends, his yeah. like party lifestyle and drug habits mixed with his like going to work and this transitional good. phase. So like I think like that sounds pretty good. You know, like, I like Matt. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. And I think if you have a strong enough like lead actor in that Yeah. Then then yeah, I think like the job itself is like 
so interesting that you could mm. you could ride for a bit on that. And that would that would cover the fact that it's probably like the story itself is not fresh or new. But there's nothing wrong mm. with that. Like those stories have been made again and again and people watch them again and again and again. Like Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's especially it's, with that like as you say, that sort of Australian aesthetic mm. where I mean like take Rake, for example. Like, you know, he doesn't have like a particularly interesting job, but just the aesthetic of like a man whose life is falling apart, just for some reason in like the Australian habitat just works really well like i don't think i would watch that if it was an american show we've seen maybe it's just because we've seen it a million times but for some reason in the australian in the harsh light of the sydney sun or the melbourne sun it just looks just more fun it looks more like charming and 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 where rake lost me was when they tried to do something more (laughs) when like all of a sudden they're like you know like oh this one's about like a mafia boss and it's like a lot like you know Mm. i'm like no 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 the interesting thing was seeing him be a lawyer in his job and also just like the kind of messy relationships that he's in yeah like that was entertaining enough seeing this person as just one of the more interesting people you'll ever hear about yeah and there's also something nice about seeing someone's life a total mess and you're like ah it's not that bad yeah, for it's me. Good. <laughs> it's good to feel good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I do have kind of things together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, the arranger is a is a good idea. Just as a sidebar, like, yeah, I know you were talking about like, oh, it's a good business idea. I mean, I don't think that um, that I will ever be good enough at any kind of music to to do that. But I do think mm. that I could probably select music from a library. Based on what someone's doing. Mm. What if you just like DJ'd? What if he DJ'd? No, 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 I'm saying we. Forget the TV show. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay, you're, you're back to the business. The TV show, yeah, he arranges live. That's great. And because you can pre write that. I'm saying if you sure. want to get this business started, I'm talking about live DJs. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's drop the shit, all right? Let's. Let's do the pivot that we've always been waiting for and get this business podcast off the ground. <laughs> so, yeah, I think DJing... Well, it begs the question, doesn't it? Like, at some point, Spotify is going to beat a human at picking the songs that they want. Do you think... I mean, do you think deep in your heart that if someone gave you their favourite art... I mean, yeah, okay, say their favourite artist, but you're not allowed to use that artist. you got to, like, find similar artists. What Their favourite, like, their personality, favourite food where they go on holidays, just basically gave you their their bio and said, plan a day for me or plan like an evening of music. Do you think you could DJ it to their to their delight, like, to their specification? I think that would be like, I love the body cam idea. And like, you're just, mm-hmm. yeah, basically you are, yeah, you're creating the soundtrack for their life. You're DJing their life. And so like you're DJing yeah. the music for them, brushing them teeth, for them having their breakfast. You know, you start mm. off whatever their morning routine is. If they're just getting up and having coffee and toast, you like give the perfect like sunrising music. Mm. Um, or if they get up and they work out, you give them like the perfect workout music. You know, you, yeah, like if they're driving or if they're, if they're whatever they're doing, if it's a Saturday, they first they go to football or they go to Morialda Falls for a walk. Like I think yep. that would be really fun projects. Like I am giving yeah. you the exact music that you want to hear at that moment. It's like, ah, oh, this song is perfect for watching the sunset at the jetty. Like, mm. and like, and it's also not like they've given you, it's not like, Hey, give me your schedule. And I'll plan out your DJ for that day. And then you listen to it. It's like, I'm watching. Yeah. So that, you know, if you finish brushing your teeth 30 seconds faster than you thought you would, I'm going to f- like fade into the next song. Yeah. yeah. And oh shit, you've like, you've realized that like the dish- dishwasher hasn't been pl- plugged in. We didn't know about that. Let me find some good dishwasher music. Yeah. 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 Oh, you've bumped into someone on the street that you have to chat to. Let's give you like yeah. <laughs> music, depending on like uh, someone you want to talk to. Great. But yeah. someone you like ah, don't want to talk to at all. Great. Yeah. You know, and like get me out of here. Whatever the music is, it's not so over, like I don't know. We'll find a way so that you hear it, but then you can also like participate in the world. Like obviously, you mm-hmm. can't like you can't talk to someone with headphones in. So that's fucking the music's too loud. And it's I don't weird. know. the The year is twenty twenty one. I think we're almost at the point where you can talk to people with headphones in. I don't. I don't agree with it. Don't get me wrong. But people are doing it. Oh, they are doing it. I don't know that I'm too happy about it. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I think I'm it, against it, yeah. But I'm like, I'm just like, uh, it's pretty like, anti-social. Just flick them out. <laughs> just, yeah. Pop them out. But anyway, that's that's a good business idea. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to pivot to that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. back on this TV show, The Arranger, mm-hmm. 
where someone live arranges events and also you follow them as their life is a mess. And I guess so at the end of the first episode, you see that the love of his life is getting married and he has to arrange the music for their wedding. Is that what, is that what the... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so episode one set up the whole premise. You're probably going to need to spend like a solid 10 minutes explaining what the fuck this job is. Um, maybe you do one of those like classic things where you... You throw the the viewer into the deep end, and like the first, maybe maybe half of the first episode or something is like you really are following this guy's um, uh, f- graduation or something. He's at the graduation, and you've got like music in the background, and you know he's getting ready, he's he's tying up, and you think like this is the main character of the show. This is who we're going to follow for the next twelve episodes. Um, and the music's like really rocking, Great. and like his life seems really interesting, and everyone loves him. And then like he gets to finishes the graduation, like huge booming music, and he like pulls his earphones out, and the music just stops, and he kind of like maybe taps it, maybe the battery's running low, so he puts them back in, and it's like back on. And you're like, oh, this isn't, um, this isn't. Fuck, I'll cut this. But fuck, what's the name of what's the name of music that is in the world oh, versus outside of the world? Yeah, it's um. Oh no, 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 no! That is <laughs> that is information that is well and truly uh, been pushed out. It's annoying because I actually think of this word pretty often. By I, when I remember it for no reason, I think it's, um, a, it's a good word. I'm glad I know this word. Yeah, <laughs> I I hate that I can never remember this word. So, so why you Google that? I'll just continue the thought. So he like he pulls out and it's like oh. okay, then he puts the headphones back in, and then I guess it like smash cut to or fade to like. Just some guy in his pajamas in like a filthy apartment, like watching, yeah, and like, <laughs> like like playing the fucking keyboard or whatever. It's just like exactly. Here's your main character, and he is just fucking drinking Coca Cola for breakfast, and here's you got it, and it's like ah, here's a guy, and then he like leans on, he's like ah, like he. <laughs> leans on the wrong thing and it goes back to the witch kid worst fucking hundred bucks of my life yeah exactly like, ah. yeah he just like starts yelling at his camera <laughs> and just throws it away yeah and he just goes outside for a um smoke. thanks for saving me that it was diegetic music diegetic. diegetic is is that it's part of the world so we we realize that uh what we thought was non-diegetic turns out to be diegetic right non-diegetic meaning me being music that is like, if just to explain this a bit better, it's like, oh, when you're, like, Soundtrack. watching someone drive and, like, you're hearing music, like, great. And then if they switch off their radio and the soundtrack in the movie also stops, then it is diegetic because it's, exactly. it's actually being played through the radio. Through the, <laughs> the, the ears of the director. Yeah, like in Lord of the Rings where all the music, none of the music is being played in the world. Yeah, except when Pippin sings that nice song. Mm, that is very true. Hmm. hmm. Um, ABP always be Pippin. Always be Pippin. I've always said that. Uh, but yeah, so I think okay, so uh, this is it's, I just I think just the idea of of someone who arranges music for uh, for a living like that is just so much. Who could you see if not Reggie Watts? Because I don't think we could get Reggie mm-hmm. Watts. Um, Probably not getting Watts. Obviously, it doesn't need to be written on the fly, so there'd be no reason for us to have to have True. Reggie Watts. Even though I would love to have Reggie Watts. Who would you? Who would you want in this uh, Australian comedy? Mm. What about the guy that did the the Mentalist? Oh, Simon Baker. Simon Baker. I mean, he's probably too old, but he's certainly. I think they should be like ruggedly handsome. Mm. He's most certainly too old, but you're right. They should be ruggedly handsome. You know, I but maybe like. So he's fifty-one. I mean, he could play like early forties. I reckon. Oh, for sure. Looking at this fucking guy, he's such a handsome. But he's yeah. He. I think he could look like he's. A mess, and uh, maybe like a early forties. You know, maybe he's actually just had a divorce, not that he's broken up. Ooh. Maybe let's really put him in the in the stinker. Yeah. Okay. Toilet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for that. I'm happy for Simon Baker, partly because we can't think of anyone else, and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Ledger's too busy. Heath Ledger's too busy. <laughs> Is it been long enough to <laughs> to joke uh, about it's been it? Forever. Yeah, it's he's been busy forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I typed right. I typed in Australian sitcoms and I got Seinfeld. I'm like, that's not that's definitely not. what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. G'day, Seinfeld. Great. All right, let's go, with Simon Baker. Uh, look, to be honest with you, I can see this going for a good four seasons. That's straight to Stan. 
Stan, if you're listening. Straight to Stan. Stan, you're going to love it. Trust us. Yeah. Great. Uh, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. Do you wake up to the sounds of Mr. Rooster? Well then, you need to start your day off right with some new Mr. Chicken's Good Time Family Chicken Restaurant Coffee. It's a rich and creamy delight that now comes with chunks of chicken floating around in the black soup. Get yourself some of this Mr. Chicken Good Time Coffee. It's a good mocha and crack. Give me some of that shit before I murder my whole family and eat them. Time. Mr. Chicken Good Time. Family Chicken Restaurant. Give me some of that coffee! <laughs> and uh, welcome back. Uh, we're pretty much out of time, so... Uh, when, when we hit low on time, we do uh, a super mashup, a fusion. Uh, yeah, it's a classic tradition that TV pitch pilot podcasters have done since the times of yore, which is to take two famous pieces of intellectual property and pitch them in the in the battlegrounds of our mind. So, who you got for us today, Nick? Today we have uh, Bilbo Baggins versus Superman. <laughs> So just to be clear, <laughs> this is not a <laughs> this is not a frivolous, childish um, attempt to see who would win in a battle. No, 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 no. This is can we construct an in, like a sort of emotionally compelling story based on these two people in a TV show um, that's going to last for for years to come. For years to come. So I guess the first thing is, do we want Bilbo Baggins in Superman's mm-hmm. world, or do we want Superman in Middle Earth? I think I think Superman is has cape, will travel. What if like they get back? What if the elves get back from the like Shimmering Isles or wherever the fuck they go? Is that the Lord of the Rings, the Shimmering Isles? It is not. That some, yeah, that's, the Grey the Greylands. Maybe that's the Grey it. Havens. It's okay. where they go. Grey Havens. Okay, yeah. No, I'm thinking of um like Skyrim or something. Probably. Um, they get back from the Grey Havens and they've got Superman. They're like, hey, we found this guy. He he says that he came from this big sparkling silver city um, that he calls Metropolis, and which is also part of the universe, I guess. And the elves bring him, and he sets himself up as, what, like battling evil? And Bilbo is not happy with that because he's he's the, the do-gooder of the universe, right? Right. So no one takes his throne. Can, can I just say... Okay. So, now, is this... Is, is this, this is, before Lord of the Rings, because Bilbo, but post the Decim, the, the the Hobbit, post he's like he's defeated. Yeah, I think Smog. so. He should be a celebrity already. I think, right? Yeah, great. Okay, so he's 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 the big man in town, and he's kind of mm-hmm. turned into a bit of a douche. <laughs> yeah, in fact, it's almost exactly the like Batman Superman thing, right? Where Batman Batman's like I've I'm I'm the good boy, you know. I don't want to give like more airtime. To this demigod who isn't constrained by our laws of physics or the legal system. And I think Bilbo should have the same thing. Great. He should be like, how can we trust this guy? And so Bilbo's just constantly trying to undermine Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But um, with like little tricks yes, that a hobbit would do. Yes, hobbit tricks. <laughs> and for some reason, I guess Superman's moved into Hobbiton. <laughs> And yeah. all of the issues are in Hobbiton, and like they're all yes. petty and extremely yeah, exactly. like it's like it's like petty crimes. It's kind of like a, a Sherlock, but pettier. Uh, yeah, and and Superman is very good at solving the crimes, and Bilbo, <laughs> yeah, still a like Superman. Bit. <laughs> kind of ends up relying more on his journalistic skills that he gained as Clark Kent more than anything else. Yeah. Because his pa- his powers are way overpowered in this universe, oh, so it doesn't even OP make any sense to use any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe yeah. it's like... like some, and of course he's turned up some, at the time... Go ahead. No, 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 please. Please. Uh, I was, I just, no, I'm please. just overpowered. I was going to say some like orcs turn up, and Bilbo's like, yes, I'll use my ring and we'll sneak up behind him <laughs> and kill him. And then Superman's like, I'll just like fucking laser them in half, won't I? With my eye, my <laughs> <Yeah>. eye lasers. <laughs> and Bilbo's like, well, I could do some cool ollies and some kickflips. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly Angel Summoner and BMX Bandit. <laughs> okay, so uh, but may, okay, but so 
it's because obviously, like, Superman has unfortunately just turned up in the time where Middle Earth is basically at peace. He's just missed, you know, the first round of bad times with smog and, and the orcs and so on. And he's n- we know he's not going to be around for the second round of bad times. So maybe he turned up, he heard all this bad stuff was happening. He's like, oh, there's a bunch of evil people committing crimes in this faraway land. He turns up, it's all over. And he's like, oh, well, I might as well hang around in case something else happens. But over the course of like the next couple of years, Bilbo just annoys the shit out of him so much <laughs> that he takes off before we pick it up with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, great. Great, great. And then, then it's a real issue. And everyone's kind of a little dark at Bilbo. <laughs> and they keep mentioning it. They're like, yeah, it would have been nice to have Superman <laughs> here. Did you see what he could do? <laughs> Bilbo was just a little fucking piece of shit the whole way through. Yeah. She's like, so what? <laughs> Why shouldn't I yeah. keep it? <laughs> He's just like religiously sticking to the the mini laws and rules of Hobbiton. It's like, um, you can't mow before 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Uh, and Like, all the other Hobbits are so impressed. And he's like, look at this idiot. Look at him. <laughs> look how stupid so is muscular that, is. So that, is that the versus <laughs> component of this? It's just like, who can sort of belittle and... Rumor monger, um, <laughs> the other out of town, basically. Basically, it's 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 Bilbo sets out to try and run Superman out of town before Lord of the Rings happens. There's your timeline. Great. So then you got like, I yeah. guess, was it like, and maybe the the end of like the peak of episode, mm-hmm. yeah, probably sixty, right? Season one, the big cliffhanger is Superman and Bilbo Baggins are both running for mayor of Hobbiton. <laughs> and they've got like yard signs up everywhere and it's just been a real vicious campaign (laughs) real icy words filled with propaganda like there's (laughs) photograph like photoshop photos of like superman eating hobbit babies between two slices (laughs) of bread (laughs) phone cam fake phone cam footage of Superman like crushing some old boy's head. <laughs> Bilbo has gone just very horrific. <laughs> and yet they uh, still work yeah. together to solve <laughs> yeah, crimes exactly. in Hobbiton. Yeah, yeah, great. They're I... partners. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think that is that's 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 fleshed out enough. That is that's a home run. That's the home run right there. I mean, uh, literally, the rest writes itself. Yeah. in this case, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that is Bilbo Baggins versus Superman. <laughs> Good. And that's all we Thanks have time for. Thanks for joining for. us. Yeah. <laughs> You've been great. Uh, please, uh, if you like this podcast, tell a buddy, tell a date, tell someone on your next date when you're out to dinner. Mm. Share it around. It's a good topic. Yeah. Conversation. Exactly. You know, maybe it's something you could listen to if it's, if the conversation's getting stale. It's technically an aphrodisiac. Mm. And it's better than Spanish fly, that's for sure. Mm. 